Research findings show that mask wearing can lead to milder or asymptomatic COVID-19 infections. And we hear about real-life examples of people wearing a mask uh, avoiding infection. However, resistance to mask wearing still exists at the same time in uh, various parts of the world. So then let's ask scientifically, how much can masks protect us? And uh, what's the best way to wear and use a mask? Uh, For further discussion, we're very pleased to be joined by uh, a senior research scientist from the Anesthesia Informatics and Media Laboratory at Stanford University, Dr. Amy Price. Hello. Hi. Hi. Well, thank you so much for, for having me. Well, thank you for joining us, Dr. Price. Your research on face masks' uh, effectiveness in slowing the spread of the coronavirus uh, contributed to changing the WHO guidelines regarding mask wearing. So, quite influential here. Could you tell us more about the research and how uh, even household fabrics can block viral particles? Sure. We we asked the the World Health Organization to look at. Uh, to look at our research because um, we felt that the public has the right to know. They were making an investment. They were uh, People are making masks, uh, wearing masks, and it's a, like it's a lifestyle change. So we thought it's only fair that they know the evidence behind what a, a community or a cloth mask would provide. And so we worked with some uh, other scientists, uh, Professor Chu and Professor Trey, and uh, that, who are material scientists, and we thought we worked together with them to test the materials in the mask to find out which fabric would be more effective, if layers worked uh, more, and how we could also mimic the electric static charge that is in our N95 mask. And we were really surprised at the results. We weren't really uh, expecting to get great results. Mm. But what we found was that if these masks are produced with uh, a slightly hydrophilic or waterproof layer, uh, and they have like a polypropylene or even uh, tissues in the middle, mm. and then a cotton uh, kind of wicking effect on the inside, that the effectiveness can actually exceed the effectiveness of your surgical mask. So you've given scientific evidence on this, and we even have real-life anecdotal evidence of the efficacy of wearing masks despite that. And I guess this holds for a lot of other um, issues of science and people just simply not believing it. There, There is a lot of... Um, some people call it fake news these days, but a, a lot of um, misconceptions in regards to mask wearing. For example, the the idea that carbon dioxide uh, trapped in the mask, if you wear it for a long time, that's going to be harmful for the brain. Uh, how do you respond to um, uh, things like that? Well, um, for a mask to be worn and to be able to breathe through it, um, that's actually not uh, that's actually not a factor. Mm-hmm. And when you think most of our medical providers have worn masks all their lives and they don't have an excess uh, amount of, of dementia or uh, disease that would be carbon di- you know formed from like carbon dioxide uh, trapped in trapped in your brain. Um, there is actually enough room in uh, in a community mask, for, for example, that the carbon dioxide escapes just fine. And we actually did informal studies with people who ran. And so we asked them to run with and without a mask. 
And after running, we tested their breathing capacity, and there was no difference. Do you think in general, I know that there's been a bit of a shift, especially when some of the leaders, and maybe even just very briefly uh, Donald Trump wearing a mask, uh, kind of showing uh, from the top down that uh, this is a thing that you should do, that in general Americans uh, have kind of changed their thinking on this. There does seem to be a significant portion, and a lot of this does seem to be ideologically based, where uh, some are refusing to wear a mask uh, um, just, just to take a, a stand. But overall, have you seen an improvement in the U.S.? We've seen an improvement in in many parts of the U.S. because in many parts of the U.S. it's now legislated. So if you're in a public place, there'll be a fine um, if you're not wearing a mask. And also the awareness of uh, the protection of source control. If you wear a mask, I... uh, you're protecting me, and if I wear a mask, I'm helping to pre- protect you. So it's the um, the socially kind thing to do. And so once that knowledge has gotten out, and people people see that there's a there's a reason for wearing a mask, um, then it's more likely to be adopted. And I also think that people thought, you know, originally, uh, me too, actually, I had hoped that this would be really a short term thing. Mm. It would be a few weeks, and it would all be over. But now we're we're looking. We're going into almost a year uh, of a pandemic. There's no slowdown in sight, and so we we actually need to look at how can how can we protect ourselves and how can we protect each other. And I think that um, Americans are paying more attention to that now. Uh, one reason for resistance, I think, is be- is that masks are not that comfortable. It's not something you um, you get up and you say the one thing I want to put on my face today to make it feel good is a mask. No, you, we put on the mask uh, because we need to. And so it possibly as the masks become more functional uh, and fashionable and, uh, and protective and the word spreads, along with there being some mandatory requirements to right. wear them, I, I think a lot of that resistance will be broken down. The, the thing is, the virus is invisible. So we can't see the danger. And that's, that's really hard to grasp. Right. Because you're you're in a room with normal people, maybe uh, a, a percentage of those could be spreaders. They're completely asymptomatic, and you end up with a virus without wearing a mask, and you don't know where you got it. Um, and more of those stories are starting to show um, mm. throughout the culture where where people don't actually know how they got COVID, but they weren't wearing they weren't wearing a mask. Yeah. They weren't around anyone sick, and so awareness is growing. Um, could you also talk about, because initially the CDC, and they've been under criticism for not uh, uh, actually advocating mask wearing in the initial stages of the pandemic in the U.S. However, now uh, they've certainly uh, changed their tune on that. But initially, I guess to play devil's advocate for them is that they were fearing the, the shortage of uh, PPP and, 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 the, and the idea that uh, these uh, frontline medical workers need access to the uh, surgical grade masks before the general public because of the shortage. The, is, is the idea that you need to have a uh, surgical mask and uh, not wearing a cloth mask or even if you can just rejig something at home like a bandana and add some tissue paper and, and use a sewing machine, would that be better than nothing? Well, yes, especially with especially with the materials, it's quite easy to make a uh, to make a homemade mask, even if you can't sew. And there's uh, like there's there's recipes or whatever for doing them. Uh, New York Times has some. Uh, the, the CDC and uh, the World Health Organization also has 
uh, you know, instructions on how to make a mask. So the idea was that we could provide materials and, and show that these materials could be used in, in, in any country, no matter uh, whether how low or high resource they are, and for any population. So whether you're, you know, a billionaire or whether you're uh, a struggling student or have no job at all and are handicapped, you should still be able to wear uh, and afford a mask. So in in our communities uh, here, the health care companies and also the cities are sending masks to families so that everyone in the family can have a mask to wear, a, a cloth mask that they can wear when they go out and um, wash it when they come home. We are going to have to leave it there, unfortunately, Dr. Price, but we thank you so much for your expertise on this issue, and hopefully uh, the message does uh, go out that uh, uh, wearing a mask uh, certainly will have some help, and you have some scientific uh, empirical uh, proof to that. And uh, Dr. Price, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks so much. Remember, combine that with um, hand washing and with physical distancing, and you'll make a big difference. Thank you so much. Great advice. Thank you to Dr. Amy Price, Senior Research Scientist from Stanford University. Uh, We have our question of the day. Uh, Text us at pound 1013 for 51 in Korean or in English. Uh, Do you think these med students who have been protesting and boycotting the exam should be given another privilege and the government should allow them to take this test after the deadline passed. Uh, uh, texting us 9154 saying that the people who uh, gave up and boycotted the test, that was their choice, that's their responsibility. Uh, this is something that uh, them or some kind of organization that they did for their own benefit, that's the choice they made and they gave up the test. This isn't a national license exam. You can't just have somebody willy-nilly personally just decide to try to demand the, uh, the government change things. And so you've got to do, think even for this, the minority of students who actually did go through the proper process that you should just run it through. Uh, thank you for that opinion. We'll keep reading them out. Coffee vouchers on available. We'll be back in the second hour.